Baseball Umpires podcast for umpires by an umpire. We are more than just balls and strikes and outs and saves. Listen in for tips, rule interpretations, equipment and attire reviews, interviews with umpires of all levels, and some funny stories that might come up every time out on the baseball field. If you're new to the field as an umpire or a seasoned vet in the world of umpiring, then this is the podcast for you. Hey Blue, the umpire podcast is part of the 1420 Sports Bar group of podcasts on the Belly Up Network. Welcome to the Hey Blue Umpire Podcast, born umpire, by an umpire, part of the 1420 group of shows on this January 10th, 2023. Today I'm joined by a world champion and member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, British Columbia Baseball Umpire Association Provincial Super Supervisor of Umpires, the namesake of the Kamloops Blazers of the Western Hockey League, a rainbow warrior way before that term meant what it does today, and a man who has enough sense to put his <laughs> shoes on before his pants. Every time I've seen him put his pants on, here he is today, Blaze LeVay. How are you doing, Blaze? Good, Brent. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Um, that's uh, that's that's quite an intro. Quite an intro. I appreciate that. Hey, not a problem, man. Uh, before we get into the umpiring thing, kind of while we're here, let's talk about your uh, baseball candidates. What's your most vivid memory of that tournament in Brandon, Manitoba, 30-plus years ago now? Um, You know what? I think it's it would obviously be the gold medal game uh, and, and against... Uh, against Chinese Taipei and, and this, the absolute, um, the electricity of the building. I mean, we were, you know, the, the tournament really caught steam as, as, as it went on, we really started playing well and people are starting to think, you know, this team could actually win this. And, uh, and I mean, the, the, the lineup just to get in was on the far side of the parking lot, like just, you know, two hours before game time, it was just absolutely bonkers. People trying to get into this place. And, uh, you know, when at, you know, 17 years old or whatever, never really experienced playing in front of a crowd like that. And um, obviously we're having them on our side was big. So, so I think that helped, but um, you know, just the atmosphere of that gold medal game and then winning it and, and, you know, sitting there um, we all just watched the hockey team. And uh, I can, I can tell you that uh, at the end of the tournament, when you're sitting there with your teammates and they play your anthem, um, there's, there's not much better than that. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's, it's something I think of every time I watch the junior team, and it's uh, it, it really takes me back because when you're when you're sitting there celebrating arm in arm with your guys, with your team, and and uh, and you're here in O Canada, it's uh, it's a pretty emotional thing and uh, something that you you really can't put a price on. No, that that's awesome. It's just you hear those stories, and then you, you hear when guys talk books, and sometimes you don't get that whole group back together again. You might get together again later on, but uh, it's just not the same as that moment directly after it's all said and done. I've talked to many hockey guys about that, and they, they said it's uh, that's what they remember the most about those situations. You hit a two-home run, two-run home run in the sixth inning versus the USA. Uh, what was the pitch? Uh, where did you hit it? Did you get it all? And then second part of that question is when you ran around the bases, did you run around like you've done it before or were you jumping around like a grade nine girl a little bit? <laughs> uh, grade nine girl might be a little harsh. <laughs> uh, um, funny story is the, 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 the American pitcher was this guy named Kenny Henderson. He was the uh, number five overall draft pick and he could really bring it. Like He was so well and, and there was a big article in the paper, you know, about the little paper about, oh, hey, this American guy and and it, frankly, I mentioned a few of them, and I think it kind of pissed us off a little bit because is you know we're kind of the home team, and they're blowing on this guy and his draft status and how he turned down half a million dollars, you know, which is big at the time um, because he wanted to go and win this tournament. And um, so we had been down, like we got off to a terrible start, and and uh, and and um, 
we kind of just chipped away, chipped away. They actually brought in the, the current baseball Canada president, Jason Dixon was the reliever who came in yeah. and uh, kind of held him at bay for, I think, I think five innings scoreless he threw to give us a chance to kind of chip away at the lead and chip away, chip away. And, and uh, Henderson sawed me off twice, to be honest. Actually, my first couple at-bats, he got me pretty good. And, and I went up in that situation, and I thought, okay, he's not – He's not getting me again. I'm. I literally was looking first pitch fastball, and there it came, and I turned on it, and uh, you know, straight to left field, and uh, yeah, I knew it was gone, and and uh, it was a pretty good feeling. But I, I had a few choice words for him as I was around in the bases. That, that, <laughs> I love that. That coach uh, let me hear about afterwards, but um, you know, I, I definitely uh, there was definitely some excitement, and I probably did not run the bases like I had in any other home run it was certainly more spring in my step than normal there you go you, you end up in hawaii after that you never, and the uh, the rainbow warriors universe of hawaii the west coast conference correct uh the uh what was the baseball like there and how did you end up in hawaii of all places because that's not normally a place where where uh canadian kids end up uh you know at first i was at the national with the national baseball program for a couple of years the national baseball institute uh, I did a few years there, and then I was playing summer ball in uh, in Grand Forks, BC, of all places. And um, they had a, a collegiate league team that was playing all through uh, with the old uh, Pacific International League. So uh, the teams out of Seattle and um, all the Northwest, Kelowna had a team. And uh, we had a pitcher on our team from the University of Hawaii, a pitcher and I think an outfielder. So their assistant coach just kind of came over to see how they were doing the summer and, and saw me play and said, Hey, what, you know, what are you doing next year? Like we need a catcher. And All right. uh, it was either that I, it was, it was either that or university of Washington and, um, you know, so rain or palm trees. Yeah. And, it uh, was a pretty easy choice. I imagine. Yeah. I think unfortunately when I really look back on it, baseball, I think it, you know, might've been a better play to go to UW, but I mean, who's going to turn down Hawaii when you're, uh, you know, 19 years old or, 20 or whatever it was and and uh so away i went but the it was interesting because um you know the caliber that you play over there was just different like we were in the it was actually the whack at the time there i think the west coast now yeah. but it was the whack back then and uh but we never we only went on the road for road for conference games like our our home schedule was ucs or ucla usc um, Stanford, Cal, like all these big schools from the West Coast, they wouldn't come over because they could come in the middle of January and we're playing. And 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 for the non-conference games, um, if you live in California, you might as well go somewhere nicer, which, you know, the next step is Hawaii. A little warmer, so, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, so, you know, that was interesting. You know, the list of players that, um, you know, they played against from some of those schools too was, was, was pretty wild. So, um, yeah, it was all right. It was, uh, um, you know, I, I got injured, and so I didn't really have the the, the best career over there. But um, it was a good experience, and and um, you know, waking up in Hawaii every day, you, you just can't complain. Yeah, I've never been, but I that's everybody said yeah. it's, it's it's something to behold. Every every day is a, it's so fantastic. Uh, back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. when you were a, you, you were a fledgling player, and you were and you were kind of the cock of the walk a little bit, what was your relationship with uh, the umpires like back then? Um, I I I think a lot of uh, people would consider. You know, you hear a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, he's a bad guy." <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of umpires like to use that term. A lot of umpires on the out west, anyway, that would have described me. I was, I was way too fiery for my own good. Not just with umpires, but with other players. And yeah. um, I was just, you know, that and that's probably what really ultimately held me back was I was just, I was a wild card. Like, uh, 
Um, nothing that I would put up with now as an umpire. Like I, it's and, and and really, frankly, nothing you see in today's game. I was just way too intense and way too fiery and and way too mouthy. And and uh, you know, if there was if there was going to be a collision on the base pass, I was going to be in the middle of it. And it's just, I, I, you know, I just had way too much aggression probably for baseball. I probably should have been playing, you know, hockey or something like that. Probably hockey or football. Growing up, and I couldn't skate. So, um, yeah, you know what? It was. So I, I was a bit of a pain in the ass to umpires, to be perfectly honest. And, and there's still some guys around, um, you know, like Rob Allen and Steve Butang, like those yeah. guys that are that are our kind of peers now, or um, people that we look up to as umpires that that had to deal with me back then. And uh, you know, they have some pretty good stories about. Of, uh, it's actually funny like, when you like I talk to different umpires about the, that exact same thing, and they all have the, basically the same thing that all of us were. Uh, a little more rambunctious than we should have been back in the day. It, it go, it's almost to a man that we're, as, as players, whether it be Little League, American Legion, or whatever it was, everybody was kind of a little more aggressive to umpires uh, than they should have been for sure. And I, I don't know what the re- reason is now, and now we we hate that kind of situation now 30 years later for sure. You know what we do, but I, I, to be perfectly honest, I think it helps me. I think it helps me on the field as an umpire because uh, I think I'm quicker to recognize uh, you know, incidents than I would be. Um, you know, see a couple guys getting heated, especially on the plate with, you know, with between a batter and a catcher, like the conversations that you can have there. Sometimes I can see that stuff coming a mile away. Right. And, yeah. and uh, you know, a player that wants to blow up or a player that wants to, to get after me, it's like, man, uh, believe me, I've seen this act before and, and you're not going to be doing or saying anything that I haven't done before. So I'm just going to stop it before it even starts. Well, that's and, just that you see some things. It's crazy. Uh, did yeah. you umpire at all, like in Little League or whatever, BC Baseball, Baseball Canada, when you were uh, 11, 12 years old, 13 years old, or were you just too busy naming uh, Western Hockey League teams back then? <laughs> no, I did. I did when I was, you know, like 12, 13. I just, I, I loved being at the ballpark. If I was, if I wasn't playing, I was umpiring or I was, you know, um, working the scoreboard at the senior men's stadium or something, right? Like my, my parents knew that that was going to be a safe spot for me to be and, and they would just get me to the field and I would be there. So. Uh, I loved it. I enjoyed umpiring when I was younger, but yeah, once you you get to a part where um, you know you, you start playing more competitive and 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 uh, all the traveling and stuff like that is you just don't have time. Um, so when I got back into it, I wasn't uh, completely raw. You know, it had been a long time since I'd done it, but I I had the basis and I had uh, you know I I kind of had a, a little bit of groundwork. So um, it was good to get back into it. And, Did uh, you ever, like most guys when they get done their playing careers and they, for some reason to a man almost, that they want to end up being coaches and it's that way still today. Did you ever coach or did you go right into the the, uh, the umpiring game? Yeah, I coached for a couple years right afterwards. Um, and I, I enjoyed it, but I, I, I enjoyed doing more um, individual stuff. And I, I even still do a little, not, I don't do a lot of like private clinics, but if it's somebody I know, uh, you know, a friend or an acquaintance and their, their, their kid wants to, to you know, do more than they're getting from their local organization or anything like that. I still like to do that. Like I'd love to, you know, just go down to the cage and work with them or young catchers work with them. Um, so I, I did that for a little while. And then uh, to be honest, I, I kind of saw where things were going. And I, I, when I was coaching an actual team, um, dealing with parents just wasn't going to be for me. Right. And dealing with, with the, with the local board and, and them telling you how, what your style is going to be. And you can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like, I, you know, I, it just didn't work for me. Um, and I got busy doing other things in life that I wanted to do and, and, uh, you know, trying some different things away from baseball and, and, and kind of just faded away. Right. Like, uh, unfortunately we had 
we didn't have, a, you know, where I was living at the time, we didn't really have a whole lot of senior men's once I was done. Um, you know, or otherwise I probably would have never stopped playing, to be honest. Like I it's just, I still have competitive fire in me yeah. to, to get out there. But, um, you know, so we started doing some other things, started playing a little bit of football and started, uh, you know, just, just experiencing different things in life. And then, and then it got to the point where I just miss it, right? Baseball gets in your blood and no matter what you're doing, you know, when it's in there, it's going to always bubble up somewhere. And so I thought, okay, I need to get back. And, uh, you know, just, why don't I give umpiring a try? So, um, you know, hop back in and, and, uh, you know, now it's back pretty much baseball is the center of, uh, of my life outside of the family. So that's yeah, it's, um, it's a, a full time yeah, gig almost. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't pay like yeah. one, but it's a full time job as well getting around that. Uh, once uh, you got, you got back into it, like you just said, and you, you, you're saying, okay, I'm going to do this full time or not full time. I'm going to make a go of this. I'm going to, but I'm going to do it, going to do it right. Uh, what was the, uh, what were the steps that you took to say, okay, here's what I got to do to make sure if I'm going to do this, I'm going to uh, do it right. And then what, like, did you go to clinics? Did you, did you YouTube videos? What was your, what was your big first step forward? You know, I think uh, I was lucky enough here in Kelowna that I was right, right off the hop, you know, as soon as I proved myself that I could handle games, I started getting some, some pretty decent games early. And, and so through that, then you start working with different umpires and then they're saying, Hey, how come you're not, um, you know, you should be working towards your level three. Okay, well, what's that? I didn't even, I didn't even, yeah. First time I went to a level three clinic, um, there's all these umpires all over the place working this tournament and canvas and all this stuff's going on. I had no idea what it was. And, uh, you know, so talking to a couple of guys like, well, this is, this is our national clinic. This is, this is how we advance as umpires of the baseball Canada program. I said, oh, okay, well, sign, how do I do this? Right? Like, and so then it just, I didn't really have to chase anything. It kind of just was, uh, it was kind of organic how it all happened. Right. Like I said, I could, as soon as I proved that I could handle the games and then you, you just start working with different people and you just start moving up the ranks. Next thing I knew I was doing PBL and the next thing I knew, um, you know, they, there was, uh, they were short for a West coast league game here and I got put onto a series and this is, I'm talking like my third year back into it. I was, I did the West coast league. Uh, sounds familiar for some reason. I don't know where that, that came about, but yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know what you mean. it just, it just kind of happens. And it's just, it's the, um, and you know, in some areas of the country, I think it's, uh, people almost get held back and they, and, and you have to spend your two years as a level one and your two years as a level two and your three years as a level three. And you can't do much until you excuse that where, um, you know, I think there's always going to be cases, and I think you've proved it. I've proved it that you're going to advance beyond that at a at a at a faster rate, and and we need to we need to promote that. We need to, um, you know, we, we, once people prove that they can handle the situation, we need to get them in it because that's the only way you're going to get better. Like I was just so lucky to once I started doing that. You know, the umpires that I got to work with, like I mentioned, Rod Allen. You know, I was I I, I was on his crew doing uh, the Kiva tournament counts with him and Kelly Hunter and my third or fourth year of umpire like what a learning experience right like i worked um worked games with butang you know in my you know fourth year i'm doing high level games on the field with him i you know a year after that i worked games with shootchuck ron shootchuck like it's um that's just how you learn and to me anyway i mean not everyone no, it's 100 percent right i didn't say that but that's certainly how i learned just being on the field just watching them right like um you know, I, my first series in the west coast league I, I worked with chris hartley and matt Lowndes. i mean they're both level five umpires that have Chris's work, you know, every national tournaments in baseball and fastball. And Matt Lowndes worked, you know, in the old uh, Northern league as a professional umpire. And, and so, you know, getting proven that I could handle the games and getting those assignments meant that I was now working with these umpires. And that's, 
you know, it, it just helped me so much. And that's, you know, like I said, for me, that's how I learned. Like that's that's one good point. Like baseball Canada has all these things available to you, but you, unless you actually ask questions, they're not going out looking for you. Like the, it's yeah. it's kind of one of those. It's a it's a fine it's a fine line there a little bit. And then when you do get a chance, then guys, well, if I got to do this thirteen U stuff for another four years, I'm just I'm not going to do it because you get to a certain yeah. point where like I I'm good. Like I I just I don't want not not that you don't want to you just want to to do better better levels of baseball. Uh, when you've got back into it, you're going at full bore. Uh, when was the first wake up call? You go, oh, this is the real deal. This is more than a, a pair of uh, gray pants and a blue shirt. Like what what's what what was your wake up call the very first time? Like a situation or was there a a game or what was it? Um, you know what I think we've probably been doing some of the PBL, which is like the the high school age league out in BC. Uh, yeah. It was a very good league. And, um, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this, you know, U18 or U19 or whatever they are, oh, this, how hard can this be? And then you get out there and they're thinking, okay, these, these kids are pretty good. Like, I don't remember, I, I don't remember being this good at their age. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, in this, in that league, you're dealing with paid coaches now, right. You're not dealing with just, you know, parents that are, you know, working your way up. You're doing, like you said, U15 and U18 house and stuff like that. You're just working with volunteers. Now you're working with coaches who are paid and it's their job to win baseball games, right? Because then their kid might get an opportunity and on and on it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Or they don't have a kid and they're like, it's, this is their program. They're running their program, right? They've got a Bantam team and a junior PBL and a senior PBL. And this is how they make money. And this is how they make a living. And if they don't win, they get fired. So when you get in a situation with that and a call doesn't go their way and uh, you know, they, they would come on hinge back then. Like we've really, we've really curved the attitudes in that league. Um, I shouldn't say we like uh, the empires of help, but that league is really, calm things down but when i first started doing it man those coaches were uh they were something so it was uh that was the first time really getting to deal with with that part of it right with the with the with the coach who who's not just mad about his team losing he's he needs to win right he needs to this is his job he's making you know 80 to a hundred thousand dollars a year off baseball and Jesus. uh if he gets fired Right. So, so you, you really learn to appreciate what's it like at the next levels, You're dealing with college coaches and then dealing with pro coaches. I mean, this is their life. And, and, uh, so if they come unhinged over a call that changes the game, I mean, it literally is, could be changing their life. So it, it kind of gave me a bit of a perspective, you know, obviously on a smaller level at that time, but now yeah. I'm doing a lot of the college stuff and the, um, and even like, you know, the international money tournaments in, in Grand Forks and stuff like that, where, Hey, these guys, like, this means some more than just winning and losing ultimately, right? It, it, it could mean their job. And, uh, and it, to me, it makes it more fun because it, it makes it, it makes it a challenge. And well, I, it makes it competitive. You're not, you're not out there because yeah. they, they have to be out there because they, they want to be out there too. I and mean, it's their job and they, they, they want to yeah. do it. Yeah. Like the, uh, yeah, is, so, I mean, is, is that the biggest change that you saw since, since you, you, you left the, your playing days, you're, I mean, you mean you were the same age. Is that the biggest thing? The difference is, is the amount of money that's, get, that's getting thrown about with these, these youth programs, everything else. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're for kids to play at these academies and, and all these other areas now, I mean, you're talking, I don't know about you and you grew up, but if I ever had to go to my parents and say, Hey, I need $10,000 for baseball this year. Like I, wouldn't have been playing baseball. Not a chance. Was, right. I think my the first year I signed up, I want to say I, I had a paper route and my the registration was thirty five dollars for the season. You know. Yeah. And and now it's just become such a business, and 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 I'm not convinced that it's made things better personally. But 
Um, shoot, I could go down a whole rabbit hole with you on that one, but yeah, no, I, we, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Like you go to like in Lethbridge here, there's clinics at, at two or three different facilities every night of the week. Like people are making money at the end of the day, there's still only X amount of spots for these kids to go play. And I've always been like, okay, well, if your kid is that good, why does he need to be doing this all the time? Because if you're good, someone will tell you, you don't need to tell them. That's kind of my thought process on that. But that's, yeah. you, you don't want to say people um, can't make money doing something or they, you can't give a kid a chance. But the one thing that I actually had a discussion with the baseball people here in Lethbridge was you guys are dumping all this money into development of players. You're making money off the, the parents. The guy who were making the uniforms is making money off the parents, on and on and on. But the one thing that money isn't getting thrown at is the umpires and umpire uh, less umpire clinics and the like. Sure, sure. And we kind of get left behind a little bit. And yeah. it's something we're trying to change here, but there's still no money, money for umpires. Yeah. No, and you know what? I think we all need to do it. And, and you're, you're 100% right. And, and we all need to push it a little bit. Um, I know locally we're doing the same thing and just, just having to tell these teams, look, um, Prices are going up. Game fees are going up. We know you're not going to give us money to do clinics or do anything like that. So we'll just we'll just increase our fees and and we're going to take X amount out of the game fee and put it into education, right? Yeah. And into training and to and to things like that because um, you're right. Everyone loses sight of it. You know, like I I um, one of the guys out here. He's he's now the the president of our provincial organization and he says it perfectly. Right, like. Baseball is, there's four pillars in baseball. There's players, coaches, administrators, and umpires. And if you, if one of those falls down, you've got nothing. And, and we really, really, I think need to, to push to make sure that like we're taken care of at the same level as everybody else. And because it's, it's a big part of the game, man. Like you don't, um, you have to have it. We had coaches, you know, asking about the, some price increases last year. And I said to him, I said, hey, coming out of COVID, what did they start charging you for baseballs? Like, did you call Rawlings and say, well, I'm not getting baseballs? We're not paying that. Right? Like, costs go up. And I'm sorry, but, you know, we, you know, they need to have a little bit more respect for the training and the and the money that these, that, that, that the umpires are putting into their gear and, and uniforms and everything else like that. Like, it's more than just, um, you know, just showing up at the field for two hours and leaving. And so, um. I think we need to educate them too, though, right? Like they just don't, they don't see all that. And they don't, you know, when you actually sit down and have a chat with some of them, and I've had, I got some pretty good relationship with some of the coaches here. They don't understand like the, the training that we go through and the, um, you know, the different clinics and the, and the mentorships and all that stuff. They don't know that any of that exists because it doesn't affect them. So um, as soon as you educate them a little bit, then, then you don't have any problems when it comes time to saying, Hey, we need to peace or we need, you know, we need some help with recruitment or whatever it is. Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. Baseball. 
baseball season may be coming to an end, but real baseball players never have an offseason. Plate Crate is baseball's number one baseball subscription service and is a perfect monthly baseball gift that delivers a box of baseball treasure right to your door. Every Plate Crate contains six to eight unique baseball items, including gear, snacks, training aids, accessories, and apparel. Plate Crate has a different monthly theme and has a retail value of $85 per crate. Plate Crate also has clothing and accessories for coaches and parents as well. Just click on the Plate Crate banner on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or our Twitter account and receive 20% off your order with promo code FASTBALL20 at Plate Crate. Plate Crate, inspiring every baseball player, young and old, with baseball's number one subscription box, one Plate Crate at a time. Yeah, because we sent out our uh, our updated fees uh, this past week here in Southern Alberta Park Association, and uh, there was a few raised eyebrows here and there and everywhere. And I I basically said, I said, well, we're we're doing these clinics every every two weeks pro bono, so we're go- I'm going to find some money somewhere, and the rest of it, and we're trying to we're we're doing all of this on our own, and we, without your guys' help, yeah, like Hubka gives us uh, the the uh, Lloyd Mill and Yard, the PBA um, building every yeah. Saturday for free, but. It's it's sitting there anyways, not so I get it. But the the, the when the eyebrows kind of came up a little bit, and we said, well, we need this. And we and we actually said, hey, this is what Montana State is making for American Legion for this yeah. exact same games. That yeah. when you go down there, this is what their guys are making. This is probably what we should make as well. The the, the yeah. rates aren't going to be the same that they were 15 years ago. It's just not. Nope. And it, it, I think it's great that you guys are doing that. And I've done the same with the collegiate league now. Whereas you know they wanted. Uh, to talk prices and I said, okay, well, here's what the NWAC pays and here's what NAI pays that UBC plays in. Um, so if we have Canadian umpires working those games in those areas, we're not paying them half of that price to work a, a collegiate game in Kelowna or in Kamloops. That's just, it doesn't work that way anymore. And, and I think, you know, the more that um, everyone is communicates, right. As an umpire group, um, you know, I, I think it's fantastic that you guys did that. And once you put comparables like that out there, what did they say? Right? They yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. This this, you is, told this us is I think the only, the only pushback we got, Blaze, was, well, I wish you could have told us before, because then we could have pushed it on to somebody else a little yeah. sooner, right? So yeah. well, oh well, figure it out. Yeah, no, you're right. And and fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But um also, maybe you should have asked sooner, right? It's always on the eve of this when they hand you the schedule that they want to know how much it's gonna be. Well, you know that's not how, if you ran a business, you wouldn't, you wouldn't price out all your stuff without getting the information, right? You, that's so, just it. And like it's, so uh, not, it, it's, it always seems like it's a surprise that they need umpires until they need umpires. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it, I mean, it's been that way forever. Uh, what's the re- recruiting like out in your neck of the woods? Like, are you having trouble getting guys? Are you having trouble getting kids? Are you, is it just a uh, pulling teeth and they're like, well, I, I'm not going to bother. What's it like out there? You know what? Uh, obviously COVID, you know, like everywhere else, really really put it put a hit on numbers but we did get we did uh have a bit of an uptick around the province last year um that's good and uh and actually we do we do what we call an umpire academy out here um in the spring and we did two of them last year where we basically take like uh you know eight kids and and um put them through like an entire weekend of training it's almost modeled after a pro camp and i'll tell you this like the the talent and and the dedication from these 16 kids that we brought into this it's something that's going to stock our national program you know five years from now like uh, 10 of these 16 kids are going to be in it 100 percent. like i truly believe that so there's really keen ones out there um but you, you know it's it's a matter of having to find them and um the the, the base root stuff is where 
you know, I think all organizations are going to struggle getting the, getting the 13, 14 year olds, but it goes back to what we just talked about, about pricing, right? Like you can't, and I tried to tell the groups here, look, you want to pay uh, a 15 year old, you know, $25 to go and do a U13 game. Well, that's two and a half hours. That's not even minimum wage anymore. Yeah. Right. Like they can go and make way more than that at, at Tim Hortons or, or wherever picking up at a construction site, they can go and make $25 an hour. So once we, once we started increasing that last year, we really noticed a difference. We actually did a, a clinic here in Kelowna about uh, halfway through the season and, and had a great turnout because what happens was the kids that had started the year, they're starting to make this money and, and they're having a good time and, and, and we're trying to support them. They're getting their internships. They're, you know, they're loving it and they're telling their friends and all of a sudden, you know, the one team, just the one uh, U15 team sent out seven kids. And so now, now we're talking, right? Now we're, now we, we start getting buy-in like that. Then you can start building your ranks again. So um, you hate to say that it's that, uh, you know, they're doing it for the money or anything like that, but it's going to pay a part. And I think, you know, you have your head in the sand just to think that it's not going to. So when you can be competitive in that regard and, 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 and make their time worthwhile to, to be out of the baseball field, which we know they love to do because they love the game. Then now you're really going to improve your recruiting. So, yeah, it's not like when me and you were kids, Blaze, you get, you get uh, five bucks and a hot dog when it's all said and done. It's, it's got to be a little bit different now. It's just the way it is. I think that a yeah. lot of these uh, different organizations, I, I always call it Little League, they just they, they, they feel that they, they're they just going to want to do it because they want to be out there. Well, that, that's fine and dandy, but you also have that same parent giving that kid shit for, for whatever reason and to, to say you're not going to pay him to be yelled at for two hours, which is, we'll get into that in a second too, but uh, to, yeah. to for parents to think that that's a thing, that it's not. It's not, especially when, no. when, when they're paying X amount of dollars anyways. And without, without umpires and without having umpires in the field, it's just practice. Yeah, it is. And you know what? And, and I know here um, that also led to that, that mid-season clinic being a success because there's a lot of parents saying, well, how come I'm going, you know, my kid doesn't have umpires for some of their games. And so we ended up having, I think, three or four parents show up this thing because when they would ask the question, we'd say, well, like we don't have bodies. And they say, well, how can we get involved? Well, come take a clinic, right? Like you're going to go down to the ballpark with your kid anyway. And we had um, last year, just in Kelowna, I think between all the clinics we did, we had uh, four, um, two father, son, and two mother, son. As, like That's the key because little Johnny doesn't want to hang out with his, his dad when he's 15, 16 years old anymore. And if dad can find a way to get to hang out with his kid for one more yeah. summer or whatever it may be, totally. that's a big key to get getting people involved. Uh, on, to, on to parents, uh, it's a it's a problem no matter what, no matter where you go. It's uh, I, I I don't know if it's any any worse than it was when when we were younger, Blaze. But it uh, if we're not getting better, uh, we're I always say we're getting worse if you're not improving. And, and yes, yelling at umpires is as old as the game, whether it was uh, Billy, Billy Martin back in the, in the seventies and the eighties to parents back then to parents. Now, uh, is it as bad out there as it is here at times? Is it, is there times where you're at the field, uh, just watching maybe a, a U 15 game and parents are, are they still freaking out out there over the littlest things? Quite often, quite often, but I will say, I will say this year locally here in Kelowna got better. Um, yeah. what, you know, there's still obviously going to be the times where you, where you just shake your heads. So you're like, what? Why are these parents getting so fired up? But what we did was um, I told the the local association, I said, look, I, I, I need your coaches. I need every one of your U15 and down coaches. Because I knew they were doing a clinic. I said, give me 10 minutes. 
So I just went and spoke to all of them, to the coaches, and explained the situation. Said, hey, guys, look, we need buy-in from you because we don't have any numbers, right? Like, and, and not only do we need you to help us to recruit, we need you to help with retention because if these kids are coming and, you know, and getting a, a turd sandwich every time they show up, they're not going to keep coming back. And, and what we found was not only were the, the coaches good, but I know for sure, because I know some of the, you know, a lot of the people on the board, the coaches would take care of the parents, right? Because they all have, all these teams have group chats now, right? They all got a group chat. Oh, it's nonstop. Yeah. So all it takes is their coach is getting on with the parents saying, Hey, like no one talks to the umpire except for me. And, and that's all you need, right? Like, let them cheer. Let them do everything else like that. It's a mob mentality when it comes to them. Like, it is. Yeah. Like, and, if a, if a, and if a coach is yelling, then that, that seems to give the parents a, a, a green light to go ahead and do it to a, a 14, 15-year-old kid, too. And I don't get it. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, hats off to our local organization. Um, they, their coaches were very good last year, you know, you know at those lower levels. Um, and and, I, and I, I think it helped because the amount of negative – uh, reports that we got from young umpires was down, right? And so that's all you can ask for is that if you can, so you got to get them to buy in, right? You got to just convince them that you know, don't treat these people like a commodity, and don't treat these these people like, you know, um, you know, like, like they know what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, you're the adult. Like if you're coaching, you you know, you eleven, and you have a thirteen year umpire, you're the adult in the situation. Right? Yeah. The coach is the adult, not the umpire. Like the umpire, he barely knows enough of the rules to get through this game. He, right? he, he yeah. So it's well, uh, it is crazy. Like we, uh, me and Brandon, we and after because we did the W the WCBL All Star Game in Okotoks here this this past summer. Six thousand plus people. Great time. The whole bit. The next Saturday we were back or Sunday, so we were back here in Lethbridge, and uh, they didn't have any bodies, so we ended up doing a U. 15, 14, I can't remember what, what league it was. It wasn't It wasn't the best of baseball, just to say the least. And I was on the plate, and I got the count wrong. I said two and one instead of two and two, whatever it was. And uh, there was this mom, and she just started yelling. I, saw, I, I stopped, and I turned around, and I explained to her quite nicely what my thoughts were of the situation, and uh, she shut up pretty quick. And I, I said, like, if you're yelling at me like that, I can't imagine what you'd be yelling at a, at a 15-year-old kid like that. I just couldn't imagine, I said. Yeah. No, you're right, and it's it is so true, and it it all it all comes back to the organization, and so I think more and more out here are getting better. Um, Cloverdale actually leads the way; they've got a great minor baseball program, and, and they have very very specific rules on on basically just code of conduct for their coaches and their parents, right? And if you if you treat league officials or or game officials or anything like that, they just don't deal with it. They just they just ask you to leave, and then you're not welcome back. And um, you know, so associations like that, wouldn't you know it? have you know some of the best young umpires coming up right because they can go they can work their craft in a safe environment and and it makes them want to go back so you know it, it's going to take some time obviously it always does but i think the i think really the more and more that you can get the leagues on board with with that behavior the better off that that our you know 13 14 15 year old umpires are going to be and and that's what keeps them coming back man like if you, if you lose them at 14 you know it's, that's they're not coming back no, they're not coming back. The one, the, the one demographic that we're trying to hit, and it's almost impossible to hit, because like, like when you were when you were younger and playing at a high level, like we're trying to get the guys who were who were uh, playing PBA now, the 17, 18, 19 year old guys who have a, a bit of a, a knowledge of baseball, uh, have a working knowledge of the game, they and they want to stay in the game, and we always say, hey man, you can't play forever. 
maybe yeah. give this umpire thing a, a, a try. They're like, well, I'm going to coach afterwards. Well, said, well, not everybody can coach because none of these coaches are retiring because it's a pretty yeah. good gig. And it's, it's tough to get these guys involved in it because um, umpiring is not the cool thing to do, I guess, in, in their minds. Like, that's the one demographic that we're really trying to get, and it's really tough. So I, it's just one of those things. It, I hear you. I, and I've tried over and over again. You know, like I've told the, the collegiate team here, I've told the PBL team, I said, look, if you can get six, seven of your people half-ass interested, I'll come and do a special clinic just for you. You don't have to line up and do a clinic with everybody else, right? Because I know that these guys are advanced. I know they know the game. I know they know where to be. And uh, it's, it's a hard sell, right? Like, I, I know, um, and a lot of them, they end up, you know, again, to, to cut costs, which I don't blame them, and fall ball and what that, they end up having, they put up people, you know, in catcher's gear behind the, the catcher and yep. either in a squad game, stuff like that. It's like, well, why not have them actually be working on a craft at some point, right? And and be working towards something. And uh, I, I almost wonder if, if, if there is not a way that we shouldn't be promoting, like, what it really means, um, you know, to advance, right? Like, I, I bet people would be shocked if they found out what big league umpires be and, and the travel and the, and all the perks that they get and what a life that is. Well, and that's the thing blaze that, is that is, is yeah. that like, when you're, when you're 19 years old, that's when they want you to go to pro school. Cause you don't know anything. Yeah. You don't have yeah. any bad habits yet. And you're at the right age where they, they can send you, okay, you're going to go travel in the Northwest league. You're going to travel around here. Uh, yeah. the pioneer league. And and you don't have any dependents. We don't have to worry about you leaving in the middle of the night because you're doing this. And th- that's when they want you to be in the game. And yeah. you don't, and you, like I said, you don't have any bad habits yet. You go to pro school and this is how you do it. You don't know any better. So it's just what you do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, but I, you know, I, I think if you, if you, it's, it's a weird thing because I don't think it's be something you can be convinced to, which is the sad part, right? You got to either, um, you got to have the mentality or you don't. And it's as weird as that sounds, you would think for a player, like I know for me, it helped me tremendously as an umpire because I'm still competitive as hell. Right. And so man, climbing the ranks, I just wanted to, to do the best games possible and be on the, on the field. Like if there was a big game, I wanted to be there. I didn't want to be, um, you know, sitting at home. If I knew that there was a championship game down in the park, I wanted to be on it. Right. And, and so it's just a matter of, of, of clicking that, switch inside of them somewhere that says hey you can still be part of really 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 good baseball when your body says that you can't play anymore because it happens for every player every single one of them every single one of them but now you know we can go out there and 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 you know work in the west coast league or work in you know do nai baseball or work you know whatever it is and still be a part of the you know a great game which you know i'd never get a chance to do that right like i did the senior men's championships this year i i couldn't play at that level anymore i'm Damn, you're 50 years old, right? But getting to be there again, having played in it, uh, it was a great feeling, right? Because you you're basically for you know for adult baseball, you're at the peak of what we have in this country, and you're back on the field. And you know, it's you just find a way to convince that. I think we would get more numbers. I just don't. I'm with you. I don't know how we do it. Yeah, again, I think that might be somewhere like I don't want to talk ill ill will about baseball Canada, but I think that's somewhere that where they got to maybe try to step in somehow, some way, and use their their vast array of uh, social media or whatever they got to to try to do it. Because I I know like me and me and my great great big brain and Brandon his little brain here, we're trying to figure it all out, and we just uh, (laughs) cheap shot to Brandon. I know he listened to this, so but uh, it's we're racking our brains how to get guys out, and you, you just don't know. So maybe baseball Canada. This is a way that they got to step in. And like you said earlier, not have to go through two years of this and three years of this. And before yeah. you know what, you're, you're 40 years old, and you're still doing you, you 12 games, which no yeah. one wants to do. Right. So it's no, no, of course. 
What's yeah. uh, what's one thing, Blaze, that you, you, you when you if you're doing your clinics with the younger guys, what's the one thing that you see them struggle with the most that you you have to pound in their heads more often than not? Uh, for young young guys in with this these kids now, it's staying focused. I find right, like even just to get them through the clinics without, um, you know, you know, being heads in the clouds or or screwing around with their buddies in line or whatever. Have their phone like, in their pocket, blah blah. Right? Like, yeah. so, um. You know, I've I've had a few phone calls over the years from from the league and saying, hey, you know, this parent thought that, you know, they didn't like that their kid had to run laps or or do push ups, and I said, well, too bad. Like that's just if if they're they were disrupting the rest of the class, I made them run a lap, and and what that's what we grew up with, right? Yeah. And in today's society, you know, apparently that's frowned upon, but um, I did it anyway, and I told them I'll continue to do it in the future. So if they don't want me to do clinics, then then don't ask me, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. I just find focus to be an issue. So it's, um, <clears throat> that, and I don't know what it is. I think it's the video game generation, right? Like yeah. they just need to be so stimulated at all times that to sit there and listen to you explain a situation or explain a drill. Um, they just end up in la la land so soon. And, and uh, for me, I find that frustrating because these clinics aren't that long and it shouldn't be difficult, but that one for me is, is, is yeah, we're, we're two hours every other Saturday, Saturday from 9 30 11 30, and we just do it and we we, we review yeah. every couple of weeks. The quick here, do this, do that. And it's amazing, like the sometimes and you look at them, it's something you just talk about. And I said, okay, here's either you didn't understand we were doing it the first time, or yeah. you weren't listening to me two minutes ago. And a baseball yeah. game this long, and you always have to be watching the game. You can't not you yeah. can't not watch. So that's the yeah. thing. Uh with your the one thing that I found, Blaze, with the, the younger guys, especially about the 13, 14 year olds. One of the first thing they always ask that they always ask uh, how to learn to throw guys out and when when that should happen, and that kind of makes me a little bit sad. Thinking that's their thought process wanting to get into umpiring, it yeah. it, it hurt my feelings a little bit. Thinking that, that that was their their main objective to go out in the field. Yeah, but you know what, Brad? I think I actually think that might go away, right? Because that used to be a big thing when you were watching baseball and you were watching highlights and everything else like that. But the fact is, in the big leagues, this does not happen that much anymore, right? With the video review helps for sure. Yeah. And so I, I kind of, I mean, maybe it's wishful thinking by me, but I think some of that's going to go to the wayside because it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen on the big screen anymore, right? Like how often did last year in the big leagues do you see a manager getting ejected compared to five years ago? Yeah. Right. It just doesn't happen. They do this and then they review it. And if they, you know, there's no point in getting mad at the umpire at third base who made the call because someone else is making the decision anyway. So I'm hoping and, and you know, that problem is going to disappear. You know, could be wrong, but um, you're right. It's, it's always, it's always a bit of a concern that they come into it with that kind of a power trip. But I, I, I think it would be to any other kind of scenario where you're, uh, you know, maybe you're going into into policing or you're going into law enforcement or some side. The first thing, you know, that a youngster is going to ask is, hey, when do I get my gun? Or when do <laughs> well, I, that's a good point, right? too, yeah. When do I get handcuffs? Or uh, you, you, you're a ways away from now from this, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll so, let you know. How's that sound? Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's crazy, like, the, the preconceived notion about umpires, like we said, and getting guys to stay in it. And and, and that's been a, a tough thing. Like, we get guys to come out and they're kind of interested. And then you get guys who are in it who don't want to be it anymore. And it's a tough thing. And it comes down to that passion for baseball, I think, is the biggest thing that maybe some people just don't have. And I, I, I don't think that there's as much negative 
stuff out there that happens on a, on a night, a day in day out basis. Um, yeah, there, there is, there's obviously the, the situation we hear of a guy got pushed down by a, by a coach and there, but you, you also don't hear about the 250 other games that went out without a, uh, without a hitch. And I think that they yeah. gotta, we have to try to promote that a little bit more to let yeah. people know, Hey, it ain't that bad. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's so much more good, you know, and so much more positives. I think that, that, that happened than in the odd negative, but it's just like anything else, right? What do they say? Like for a hotel review, if you have 10 happy customers, they might spread that on to 10 other people. If you have two unhappy ones, they'll tell 30, right? And they'll, and they'll find a way to put it on their Expedia reviews or exactly. whatever it is. And that's just, it's the sad part of our society, right? Like it's, uh, you know, so yeah, you're right. We got to focus on a find a way just to, to um, you know, maybe we do it in some sort of advertising or social media, but Hey man, I had a great time at the ballpark today. Right. And, and none of us do it. Like how many of us, how many of us umpire and, and come back and, and, and you know, tell everybody on Facebook, man, what a game I had. That, that was, was fantastic. I, we didn't have any problems right. on that. But if, but if you have an ejection yeah. or whatever, you, you'll tell everybody yeah. at the bar afterwards yeah. about it. And it's like, well, I did yeah. this and that fucker did this. Cause nobody wants to hear the, the, the feel good stories. And that, that's just society as well. Like just the way things yeah. are. Uh, West coast league. How was the, the level of play last year? And what was the, uh, what was the uh, the general vibe having everything back to normal as normal as we're going to get now? What was it like in the West Coast League last year? Uh, you know what? It was good. It was it was it was an interesting season. Obviously, we're adding the three new Canadian teams, um, so it really made things a lot busier for for you know those of us in the league that have a little bit of flexibility to to travel. Um, I think I think I'd be lying if I said that the quality um, had gone up because I think. At some point, we just keep adding all these. You know, there's a you can't, you know, shake a stick without seeing a collegiate baseball league somewhere now. So they're everywhere. Or these the, the the big schools they don't want their they don't want their pitchers throwing in the summer, and they certainly you know they don't want their their players get worn out either. So, um, I you know I think the caliber I don't think has gone up. I don't, I'm not saying it's worse, but I don't think it's any better than it was five years ago. Um, just frankly, there's just more teams. And I'm glad you said that because I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And by the end of the year, um, you know, everyone's losing bodies. So now you're scraping together whoever the heck you can find. And, um, you know, so I, I think I, I find it a little bit watered down. I think that the teams themselves are, are prospering and they're doing a great job with, um, you know, with that part of it. But I think the actual on field product isn't, isn't, you know, skyrocketing. It's kind of been that way around around here for a long time. The team that can finish with the most amount of players that were on the original roster has the yeah. most chance of winning. And it, it just, it goes on too long. Like we, like we did that to the CCBC championship on, what was it? The Monday of the long weekend, uh, yeah. snow and yeah. rain or sleet the whole bit that weekend. What a horrible you hated that, didn't you? Like, yeah, I've oh. never seen, I've never seen a more cold human being in my life than you were that, that Thursday and Friday. That Thursday game, man, that it was, raining sideways like and it was sleet i couldn't i didn't understand what was going on i mean it was unbelievable remember we had that break in between and i was like Oberg, you need to drive me to, to mark's work warehouse and yeah. i went and i bought like full base layer heli hansen gear and like everything that i could find that would keep me warm for that later game yeah that first game was something else i couldn't believe we were playing like I, I mean, whoever was, decides to have a baseball tournament in southern alberta on may long weekend is stupid like actually stupid because it snows that weekend every year since i can remember well buddy buckle up because it's happening again it's happening year. again it's yeah. happening again yeah so yeah, that, 
Like it got better. Like as the weekend went on, like the 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 Sunday Monday were beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah, it was a great final game too. I think Okanagan won five nothing in a great game. We were only out there for two hours max, and it was a it was a great game. But like I was I was about to say, like the the season is so long. How CCBC just wrapped into the the WCBL. Like a, there was a game on Monday, and then we were doing that on Friday, and it's a lot of the same players. And I don't think that kids. Sure, they might think the playing is going to be great. It's going to be a good time. But by the time you get into mid-July, they're thinking, I'm still 19 or 20 years old, and I'd rather be doing something else with my summer for a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's what happens, right? Like, these these teams out here, even like all, even the, the team, all the American teams, I mean, they struggle towards the end of the year. Like, I, I, I got lucky enough to do the playoffs this year. And, you know, so you go down there, and, and one team has a 50-man roster, and the other's got 30. Well, because they live in a center where their players are close by, and they can just call up, you know, people from all over the place and it, it makes for a lot you know a big disparity um you know that it's it's still a cool experience and still the games are good but um you're right like they just get worn down and um you know i part of me part of me doesn't understand that because you know when we grew up you played every chance you got and that's how you you got better but yeah. it, this that this generation of athlete just doesn't seem the same right like they're it's it's all about load management and, and all this other stuff that well there was a guy who named nolan ryan who threw a lot yeah he was a different kind of a beast but he, he threw a baseball yeah. a lot and his arm seemed to last for quite a long time so i don't know right. if i agree with these advanced an- analytics the, the way it's uh, the way they're pushed out there i'm with you I'm maybe with that's you. just me but if you play yeah. more you're, you're you're going to get better but these rest days and everything else and yeah. i i don't understand it blaze we'll get you out of here i got four one two three four quick questions for you ready to go hey, you bet worst call you ever made let's hear it oh man put me on the spot i wish i had some time to think about that one <laughs> uh you know what it was actually this year in the uh the northern division championship in bellingham i was at first base and uh they were they had the bases loaded and the guy bunted and just the way I kind of worked myself into position, I was watching the first baseman and he was out of it and I didn't even think it was going to be a play. And then the last second, second baseman cuts right across and, and, and blocks out the runner. And I just froze. And I 100%, 100% did not even see it. Called safe. He was not safe. <laughs> but it, uh, luckily, luckily we got together as a crew and I just, and I told my two partners, said, hey man, like I caught completely blocked out and, and I guess, and we actually actually changed the call. Like they, they said, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? Like, it, I, cause we both saw it a different way. I said, I do not care. I want the call to be right. Yeah. Here. But it was, it was just a weird play and it, yeah, it caught me off guard. The place was packed, right? It was a of pretty course. electric building. And, uh, I just, I got blocked out and, and, and guessed and guessed wrong. So I guess that's, that would probably have to be up there, but we crazy. got it right at the end of the day, which, which, uh, which I was thankful for. Best game you ever umpired, not maybe not personally how the, the best game that, that you had behind the plate or on the base, but the best game that you were part of ever in your in your illustrious career as an umpire. Um I got I was on the plate for the gold medal this year at the uh, men's championship, uh, the Canadian baseball Canada men's championship. Yeah. Um that was an excellent game uh, between Ontario and uh, Nova Scotia. Ended up being Ontario thinking they were it was a one-nothing game all the way through, and then they put up two in the uh bottom of the sixth and held on so i that was obviously a highlight right like uh baseball back east is a lot of fun like uh, the small towns they get right into it and, and the, the place was packed and and uh you know it's kind of what i'd worked all summer towards um so i'd, I'd have to probably put that one up there um 
I was also, I was lucky enough to, to get assigned the championship game at the, the Grand Forks International this past summer. And it was a fantastic game. Same thing, uh, you know, the, the team just scored just to go up in the bottom of fifth to get one run, right? And it was a one nothing game and the skies opened up. And we knew it was coming yeah. and it was thunderstorms and lightning and chaos. And, and, and we knew when it hit that we, you know, we weren't playing again. It just killed the field. So we didn't get to finish that game. Otherwise, I probably would have said that one because it was, uh, the caliber of baseball was unbelievable. And, uh, and that would have been great to finish, but never got to see the end of it. So uh, I'll go with, I'll go with Nova Scotia this past summer. That uh, senior men's national that you speak of my, uh, my biggest regret on that one is that they, uh, they, they lifted the vaccine max, uh, mandates and, and Roberg was allowed to fly, fly across the country <laughs> instead of take the, uh, the Griswold family Christmas vacation uh, across the country. What was the original plan was me and Co- like all, like all summer long, me, Cody and Matt Ben and the likes in the, around the, the WCBF were like, how do you think this is going to happen, man? Like, how oh, we can do it? Like three days? We're like, no, man. That's not three. How, that's what he said. <laughs> three, four days tops. We have four yeah. or five drivers. It'd be easy. I said that's not how this works, man. But no, I was. I'm, I'm with you because remember when I was in Lethbridge with you guys there, yeah. and he was just shopping for the new bus, and I'm thinking, oh god, what a trip this is going to be. Like, I can't wait to yeah. see our hotel, and then the you know the Obermobile is parked out in the parking lot. Like, obviously, that was going to be the place that's. Basically, it would have been a nightclub at night, right? Oh, like, man. That would have been where all the festivities took place. So <laughs> the the Griswolds. That, that, that would have been something special. That would have been, that would have been amazing. Uh, got two more. Favorite thing about umpiring? Uh, favorite thing about umpiring, I think, um, being on the road and, and, and just being with a good crew, I, I, I just enjoy that. I enjoy the travel part. But I think above that, um, for me, there's nothing better than just locking in on the dish when you got a tight ball game. Um, you know, the, the bigger the stakes, the, the, the happier I am, um, you know, the better the pitching, the happier I am. I just, I, I, I just love, I just love being back there. And, you know, when you lock in for that first pitch and it's go time and you can feel it from both sides and you know, you got a couple guys on the mound, uh, that, you can't beat that in my opinion. I, I just, I, I love being back there. I, I want the pressure and I, you know, I, I want that. I want everything about it. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because we were talking. Me and I was talking with Todd Hupke here, PBA coach, about and that pretty much that exact that that exact thing. How some some umpires have that feel because he was now he wasn't complaining with umpires. He was just talking with umpires, saying yeah. some some guys have that feel when feel when the there's 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 two really good pitchers on on the hill for both teams, and they're okay. Okay, the zone's going to be this. I might have a little bit bigger, a little bit. To, it might be this. Say it's going to be. Here's what it's going to be. And, and then there's other guys who don't have that feel, and uh, it's, yeah. it's just it's getting that 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 feel of the game and the, the whole bit. That's uh, yeah. I love that part of it too. When you go out there and you got your two two bags on, you're going out there and let, let's go. And the warm up pitches, and you know you got a good catcher in front of you the whole bit. Yeah. No, I, I love that. That's a, one of my favorite yeah, things. A little bit of Eric Church in the dressing room before we head out on the road. Yeah, that's right. That's right up my alley. The guys that I that work with me a lot, they always know that I'm into it because the one part of my body that still works is the arm. So they start seeing the balls fly back to the pitcher at a, at a little bit of a higher rate. They can tell that I'm really into it. So yeah, I noticed uh, that last year. That, that was last time I first time I worked with you, man. You yeah, got, I saved that for the good game. Cannon back there i, like, I save it smokes. for when i need it there you go uh la- last one for to let you go here blaze have you ever put your shoes on before your pants like as an um- no like, oh sorry before your pants yeah. yeah yeah like as an umpire yeah do you, do you like do you put your shoes on then your pants that's like you put your pants on <laughs> everyone knows this right like i saw Obert do this he put his he put his shoes on and then his shin pads 
And then he puts his pants on. I mean, this, that's one step away from serial killer behavior. It's I, nonsense. And he, I look at him, and then his his brother did a few games with this this, this summer too, and, and he's doing it too. I, what the heck's going on here? Like it's ridiculous. It's I, ridiculous. I've never seen. I, and, the, and the thing that bothers me about it the, the most is there isn't really an explanation. Like there's no. If there was a reason behind it, I'd be like, okay. there is. No, there was. He actually said it to me last year. He's like, well, that's why they make the bottoms bigger so that you can do that. I said, no, Brandon, no. that's not why. They make it so that your pads fit. No, no, it's so your shoes can, so you can put your shoes on first. And I just, at that point, I, no. but yeah, how do you argue that, right? Like it's just, you know, you're not winning that battle. And it was, it was something else. I, can't, I saw one other guy do it this summer. And, and I think I suggested to him that if he ever wanted to go to another national from BC, he better start dressing properly because we can't have that whole nonsense, right? Like that's garbage. Just, it's no good. Yeah. Do you, do you put your Wranglers on after your cowboy boots? No, never. Never. Well, the past, I don't know. It was just an odd situation yeah. that we've seen with Mr. Brandon Oberg here. He's yeah. got way he's got way too much airtime on this show today already. Anyways, yeah. Good Blaze, laugh, yeah, always a good laugh. Blaze, uh, thank you very much for joining us here on the Hey Blue Podcast. Uh, yeah. We'll see you again this summer. I'm, I'm sure or in the spring when it's uh, snowing here in Sun Alberta, we'll be out there. But make sure we'll uh, we'll get we'll have the, uh, the the woolies out prior to and the gloves the whole bit for us this time around. Yeah, I'll be watching the weather forecast on that one before I make any kind of commitments for myself. But um, thanks for having me, and and I also just kind of wanted to say to, to you and and to Ovi and you guys that are uh, doing all that work out there. Um, Obviously, everyone knows the, the cards that you were dealt losing the big fella last yeah. year. So, And everyone, you guys know what he meant to me. So um, hats off to you guys for keeping that program going and, and, and turning it in the right direction. I think it's, uh, I got a lot of respect for that. No, we're, we're doing what we can. It's a lot of work, like you said, because without, without Mitch around, he's, uh, he was a big, uh, obviously, he was the whole thing around here. He was doing a lot of yeah. more. He was doing the work of uh, what four of us are doing around here now. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's dearly missed, but uh, it made the rest of us step up a little bit, which is a good thing, too. So. Yes, sir. So if you got, got to take a negative term and positive, there is that anyways. Okay, Blaze, we will see you this summer and have a great season. I don't talk before then. Take care. Come on. Bye-bye. The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network.